Your hosts are here, Sammy and Michelle. By the end of this podcast, you'll know them well. Adulting, navigating the journey of life. Careers to relationships, pain and strife. Put down the rule book. Rethink the status quo. If there's another direction you want to go, find purpose, passion and mastery in all that you do with Status Post Adulting. Hey, Status Post Adulting fam. This is Sammy. And Michelle. And you're listening to the 65th episode of Status Post Adulting, where we are talking about frugality and generosity. And more specifically, can you still be generous if you're frugal? But first, let me check in with my co-host, Michelle. How are you doing, Michelle? I am doing really well, Sammy. We are recording this on Easter. He has risen, people. (laughs) And Sammy and I could not help but notice that... The church in our small little town got a new statue of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Specifically for Easter, they got a statue that was looking a little bit too risque. I mean, this Jesus was built. This Jesus was fit. And, you know, like, normally he's looking a little bit, you know, flacasita, like a little skinny. But this Jesus was a little bit more built up. And he had this loincloth on him that was literally slipping off. Like, I know it's a statue, but they (laughs) made it look like it was slipping off. And I'm like, at this point, you might as well just have taken that thing off with how vulgar you're trying to be with this whole loincloth situation. No, it's true. Sammy, like, was poking me before church started. And she's like, did you see the new statue? And I was like, what are you talking about? And guys, this Jesus is so hot. Like, I don't know if I've been single for too long, but it was inappropriate like it looks like this oiled chiseled body and yeah sammy's right the way this no clothes <laughs> just some sort of cloth wrapped around him only his waist only his waist and it dips very low like at least very <laughs> little to the imagination and uh, i don't know if they're trying to encourage people to come to church more often I don't know, like, you know, sign me up for the convent if this is what if this is what it means to dedicate your life to God. If there was a way we could have taken a photo of it without looking totally inappropriate, I wish we could have. Because it, Literally. I've never, I know that a lot of times they get a little bit generous with these paintings of Jesus and he mm-hmm. looks pretty good. Especially at Easter time. But this was next level. Like, yes. I it, it, honestly, uh, I think I have to make a complaint. Like, this is <laughs> <laughs> getting distracted by Jesus in the church. Jesus is looking way too fire up there. <laughs> and speaking of Easter, you know, this weekend is Easter, Passover, and Ramadan at the same time. Not sure if you've seen that trending. Mm-hmm, at the same dang time. All those religions and many religions encourage people to give generously. Sometimes your first son. And that brings us to our topic today. So true, Michelle. We are talking about frugality and generosity, which I think is a great topic because a lot of people kind of put frugality on the opposite spectrum of generosity. Like you picture a little Mr. Scrooge swimming in his little money tank thing, and you're like, that's a frugal person, and that person doesn't want to donate any money to anybody else. And I really think that frugality and generosity are not only not opposites, 
but they are one in the same. They go together. I think a lot of frugal people like to be generous, and I think frugality actually helps generosity, not the other way around. I agree with that, Sammy. Honestly, usually whether or not people like to give is more of just a personality trait. I don't think it's necessarily related to their money spending habits. But we really wanted to take a look today and see how those two things can go hand in hand, how you can be practical with your money, while at the same time, if you choose to, you can be very generous as well. So true, Michelle. And I think the first thing I wanted to mention is just that if you are more frugal, you have more money to give away. Good point. I think part of it is just knowing exactly where your money's going. Like you know how much you spend on groceries, you know how much you spend on rent. All of those things make you very cognizant of how much money you have left over. And it really makes you appreciate things like, hey, if I'm going to buy this new shirt, then that's going to take away from money that I can donate to whatever cause I want to donate to. That conscientiousness can really actually lead to giving more because you know that the more frugal and wise you can be about how you spend your own money on yourself, the more money you'll have left over to spend on others. Totally, Sammy. I think anytime an unexpected expense comes up, or even in a case where it's like, shoot, do I have $20 to give? You're much more likely to do so if you actually know what money you have coming in, you've been tracking your spending, you actually have an idea of where your money's going. Otherwise, unexpected expenses can feel very like jarring and you feel like, oh, you have a scarcity mindset because you don't think you have money because you're like, I've been spending all this money. Where the heck has it been going? And so I totally agree with you on that end, Sammy. Another thing, Michelle, is I feel like being frugal kind of makes you better about knowing what other people need, which for most people is cash. Money. Mm -hmm. Yes, cash money. Since becoming more frugal, you know, I just have an appreciation that like, yeah, you could get someone like a Sephora eyeshadow kit, but like maybe they'd rather have $100. Like cash is king. <laughs> cash changes people. Cash can change people's lives. And I think, you know, we grew up in a very generous family. Our parents are always giving money to, you know, the church and things like that, but also to their family members. And you can really see how like one donation to you know help someone go to school will transform generations of people and i always think about that and i always think about how cash cash money is like the number one gift you can give people and i think there's actually research studies that show this too like people try to do all these things to help get people on their feet but giving people cash like they know what to do with cash and so that's like the number one thing that people can utilize to help improve their situation yeah, it's so true, Sammy. If you go volunteer at food shelters or things like that, a lot of times they talk about this, how while it's really, really helpful and generous that people give food or give whatever it is they can, people oftentimes focus on either specific demographics like children's clothing or certain types of foods, and they'll end up leaving out certain things that are actually also really important. And so a lot of times by donating money, it's really nice because that lets these organizations figure out what they need and they can put money towards it. I think that being said, it doesn't hurt either to give other items. Or your time. Because a lot of times if you're being, say, minimalistic or you're cleaning out your closet or your pantry or whatever it is, assuming those are good items, you can give those away too. It's very generous to do that. And also it's good for you to 
cut out some of the stuff that you have that's been hanging around your home. I agree, Michelle. I think when we have a generous spirit, I think a lot of different types of spirituality and religions talk about this. When we have a generous spirit, we're acting from a place of abundance. You know, we're acknowledging that we have plenty, we have more than enough to do what we need, and we can give to other people. And I think no matter which way you can do that is always best. I totally agree, Sammy. And I think sometimes when you're in a place of need, that's when actually you appreciate it the most because you appreciate what other people can help and do for you. Even little things like when you were sick with COVID the first time and people were bringing us food, like on one hand, maybe we didn't need the food, but it was so generous and it really, really touched me to know that we had neighbors and stuff that would go out of their way to help us if something happened. And I know that something like that actually makes me feel so much more generous because I know how much of an impact it had on me when other people did it. Yes. And I did need that food. Okay. There was no way I was cooking myself anything. (laughs) Microwaving was even hard. So definitely appreciate all the food that came in during COVID times. And I think Sammy too, you know, we were talking about this a little bit a while ago, but if you are someone who is naturally very generous, like some people just have wonderful giving spirits and you can even use that as a way to help you save money and help you budget. For example, a lot of times we'll set like an arbitrary budget for something like, oh, I'm going to spend $500 on groceries this month. What you can do is you can be like, okay, well, with the money that I save, I can donate that money to XYZ organization, or I can put aside a little bit of money in my budget to give to a certain fund. And obviously, you have to be generous to do that, because if you aren't motivated by that, you'll be like, F those people, let me spend all my money. But I do think like when I think about the people in my life and like so many of my friends, they're so kind and they're so giving and they might also enjoy purchasing a lot of stuff. But I think this is a great way to be like, hey, like instead of buying more things, it's a great way to flip that on the table and be like, okay, like I can actually help more people if I don't necessarily indulge myself. It's so true, Michelle. And giving can be quite a frugal thing to do, too. I know, it sounds like an oxymoron, but there are many tax benefits to giving as well. And especially if you naturally want to give, you can take advantage of some of those tax benefits to help give and also get a deduction. It's a win-win. This can be a dangerous mindset because Sammy was going down a black hole once and next thing I knew she was setting up a mental foundation for herself. (laughs) I was like, this is how all these rich people get in trouble. (laughs) Well, I was kind of like, you know, Michelle and I both have worked in nonprofits for a long time. And I was like, what if I just had my own nonprofit? It was just like organized exactly the way I wanted it to be organized and very efficient. That'd be great. I'd feel really good about giving money to that (laughs) foundation and then that foundation then distributing it very responsibly. Because, of course, you know, being frugal, it is hard to watch money be used irresponsibly. Being frugal and uh, being a little bit controlling. (laughs) Frugal and controlling at the same time. But something I really love, which I haven't actually utilized yet, but I've looked a lot into and I think could be a great resource for people, is donor-advised funds. So donor-advised funds are usually you sign up through your brokerage firm. So like if you have Schwab or Fidelity or one of those types of firms, and it is a place where you put an amount of money that you want to donate. Like let's say you're like, oh, eventually I want to donate like $30,000 to something. You put that money into the donor advised fund and that year you get an immediate tax break. 
And then the money that goes into that donor advice fund can remain as cash. It can be stocks. You can even do non-publicly traded assets like private business interests or real estate, things like that. And then any capital gains that accrues is not taxed because you're going to be giving it to the organization. And you actually don't have to decide the organization in the beginning either. So you can put the money in there and then, you know, one year decide to donate to like Planned Parenthood and then the next year decide to donate to like NPR. And that's okay. You know, as long as it's coming out of the donor advice fund, that's your charitable donation. Does it matter Mm -hmm. if your organization has to be a part of that donor advice fund? So I think it just has to be a 501c3. It doesn't have to be any particular organization or anything like that. That's specifically like, it's not like specific nonprofits are associated with a donor advice fund. Hmm. And then, like I said, the capital gains, you know, it can accrue without being taxed. So then you can, you put, you know, $20,000 and maybe the next year it's $30,000. You could donate that $10,000, which literally only exists because it accrued in that account. And you can donate it to whatever company you would like to without ever paying taxes. Oh, that's cool. So it's almost like a, is it pre-tax? No. No, it's not pre-tax. So it's money that once you get your money, however you get it, you Mm -hmm. can put it into a donor advised fund and in future, which they will invest the money. And then in future years, you can pull your money. You don't really pull your money out, but you can designate that money to certain charities. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I think it almost gets designated as a grant. And this donor advice funds would be particularly useful in like years where you have a huge tax burden. So like, let's say, you know, you were playing the stocks and you were, you know, doing a little GameStop or something. And now you have a whole (laughs) bunch of capital gains tax or whatever. You can use your donor advice fund to offset those taxes by taking the deduction off the donor advice fund. So You could be like, hey, you know what? This year, I'm going to donate $50,000 into my donor advice fund. Once again, you don't have to decide where it's going to go yet, but you're just going to be putting it into that fund and you can take that $50,000 right off that year. That's really cool. And obviously, we can only really do a high level right now. But Mm -hmm. if it's something that people are interested in, I think it's a really great thing to look into. It's something that I saw come up a lot when I was looking into this topic and I was completely new to donor advised funds. Like I knew nothing. Yeah. And you know, I was looking at Fidelity's donor advised fund and they had like no minimum balance or anything. So it was actually like very doable. I would say like for most people, you know, that year that you're donating to your donor advised fund, you'd probably want to put more than your standard deduction so that, you know, you can really maximize the tax benefits of having a donor advised fund. But it's nice to know that you can really do it at any amount as well. Yeah, that's helpful. It's nice to know that you don't have to have like $10,000 to get started. Exactly. And I think, Sammy, part of this too, I think this is a great way to donate to something that is focused on donating to good causes. And at the same time too, when Sammy and I talk about being generous with your money, being generous, giving back, we by no means mean you have to give it to a nonprofit or anything like that. There are so many ways to be generous by giving to your family, by giving to people that you see that need it, people that you know, giving items, giving food, whatever it is, giving your time. 
And so there are a lot of different ways to do this and a lot of different ways to do uh, different seasons of your life as well. I agree, Michelle. And I think that's another great thing about tracking your spending. Tracking your spending and activity of very frugal people generally goes hand in hand with being generous because you can see where your money is going. Like I have a section that's just giving in my spending tracker. So I can see like how much have I given? What percentage of my spending is giving? Am I truly as generous as I think I am? Are my values lining up with my spending? And I think for a lot of people, one of their values is being generous with the money that they do earn, that we're privileged to have. And you can really tell whether you're thinking you're generous or whether you're actually (laughs) generous by looking at your spending tracking and seeing where your money's going. Along with that, Sammy, a conversation that we had a few years ago that was really helpful for me is I remember one time back when I was working, I used to be really indecisive about giving. I used to feel like I had to think about it a lot and think about how much I needed to give and whether or not it was a worthwhile cause and what would happen and what ended up happening was there was a cause that I did really want to donate to somebody who was really important to me and I ended up missing the window because I was just like overthinking it about it I was overthinking it and being so indecisive about it and I talked to Sammy about it I was like I have this problem where I'm overthinking and I'm not giving but at the same time I don't really know what to do and she was like how about we just set a rule which for me was basically anytime like a coworker, somebody has a fund, something's going on, and I am asked to donate money, assuming I'm not morally against the cause, I'll donate $75. And it's such a simple thing, but guys, it has immensely changed my life. Like, I don't even think twice. And I'm not going to lie, there are some things I've given to where I'm like, I don't know how much I care about this. But somebody else does and they ask me and I am happy to give and I just don't think about it and I just send my money and I'm good. I don't overthink it. I don't really overthink about where it's going. Again, I do make sure it morally lines up with my causes. But yeah, but if especially when it comes to like helping out people that I know, it was a good rule of thumb to have. And like I've noticed that it's created a really good spirit with my coworkers. People have written thank you letters and things like that. Sometimes, yes, I do end up with too many Girl Scout cookies, but <laughs> but it just makes it easy. And so I think having a rule like that, like if you are someone who you do want to give, but you find yourself overthinking it, thinking like, okay, I want to donate X amount of dollars a month. And if you don't hit that goal, you can like true up at the end of the year. Or in my case, if somebody has a cause and they approach me about it or they, you know, spam the work about it, I'll usually give to it because I'm like, hey, yeah, usually this does align with something that I believe in. I have a set amount, doesn't really matter, I'm good to go. And I'm always happy with that decision. And the crazy thing is, it's never as much as you think it's going to be. I really don't feel like at the end of the year that I've like given too much. No, Michelle, you're totally right. For me, I think I personally do a similar thing, but I would designate like more specifically for like these types of requests, I'll give this much. For these types of requests, I'll give this much. And it makes it easy because like someone's like, oh, can I have money for this? Boom, Venmo, done. You're done thinking about it. You know, at the end of the year, you you probably still didn't spend like a crazy amount on giving. Everything's fine. Exactly. And it means so much to people. Again, like when you're on the other side of it, I feel like you can experience that as well. And you can always adjust if you feel like it. But I think it makes a big difference. And so many crazy things happen in this world to people that we know in the world as a whole. And so it's nice to be able to give back in some format. It's so true, Michelle. 
you know, being the party planner at my old job, I definitely <laughs> appreciated when people were generous because I'm like, oh my gosh, you just made it so much easier for me to buy lunch for everybody because otherwise I was going to have to like get creative and like try to find a way to be cheap about it. And, you know, cash once again is king and it just makes everything easier for everybody. Exactly, Sammy. And so I think the biggest takeaways for this episode, one, being frugal, being thoughtful about how you spend your money. These things do not have to be separate from being generous with your time, your money, or your material goods. If that's something that you're interested in, by no means should you sacrifice that to be more frugal. And doing things like tracking your spending, budgeting, having certain rules in place, all the normal things for your general spending can be applied to your generosity or your charitable givings as well. If you want to be really savvy about it, you can look into donor advised funds for ways to not only give to the organizations that you might already be giving to, but do so in a way where your money can grow and where you can have tax advantages built in. Yes, if you have a high tax year, definitely look into a donor advised fund for ways to, you know, potentially get a big tax deduction at once so that you can lower your tax burden. And lastly, cash is king. I know I always say this, but it's just the one thing that everybody will find a use for. And I know a lot of people have controversial feelings about this sometimes thinking, oh, well, I don't know how they're going to use the cash. And, you know, don't worry about it. Don't just give them the cash. <laughs> they might not spend it in the most ideal way, but that takes learning and learning takes cash sometimes. And you're helping accelerate whatever process that person needs to go through. Sammy is not encouraging people to just blindly give cash. Like No, I rain. am encouraging you to blindly <laughs> give cash to people. <laughs> I'm just saying you can be thoughtful, but don't overthink it either. Be thoughtful, but don't think too hard. <laughs> All that being said, if you have ways that you give or are generous or thoughts on this, definitely let us know. I think we have so many generous people and listeners out there. If you are the person that makes casseroles for your whole neighborhood every time something mm -hmm. goes down, I would love to hear about it. I love those people, honestly. <laughs> I know. And share your casserole recipe. If you have a healthy casserole, like I want to know. Yeah, I think casserole actually means unhealthy in <laughs> insert language here. Casserole means carb fill of the food, um, actually, so there's no way. And share this episode with a friend, share status post adulting with a friend. We have seen that we are growing. We're so excited about it. Thank you guys so much for listening every single week. We love it. We love to hear from you and keep sharing with your friends. And Michelle and I have exciting news, which is that we are in the top 5% of global podcasts. It's pretty exciting. I mean, sometimes it feels like, you know, we're recording. We don't know how many people are listening. But to see something like that is just so validating when we're coming here every week to put out an episode. So thank you guys so much for listening. Like, it really makes a big difference for us. We are so grateful that this is impacting your life and, you know, other people's lives. Just continue to share it. And yeah, thank you for listening. I mean, we know you have a limited number of hours in a day and we appreciate your generosity with your time, which is your true most limited resource. That is true. And we cannot emphasize it enough. We really, 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 really appreciate 
every single one of you. If we don't know that you're listening, let us know. We'd love to hear from people that have been listening and we just don't know about it. Reach out to us. You know how to find us. And keep on listening. We're made, we're moving on up, guys. All of mm-hmm. us. We're going places. So we're in the five percent. We're in the five percent. And most importantly, be sure to tune in next time as we put down the rule book and rethink the status quo.